Good morning. It is good to see all of you this morning, and uh, I have the privilege of again bringing uh, some thoughts on God's Word to share with you this morning, and uh, it's always just a, a privilege to be able to do that, and uh, wanted to encourage you uh, to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps. We're going to be studying a passage this morning from Mark chapter 4, and we'll be covering verses 35 through 41. And so it's helpful to be able to follow along, uh, whether it's your Bible or your app or that journal that they've prepared, uh, but it's good, good to be able to do that. And where references, uh, I'm, I'm using the NIV, that's my preferred uh, one. But anyway, so with that as a backdrop, uh, what I want to ask you this morning is what makes you fearful, what do you fear, or another way of saying that, for what are you afraid of? And uh, we all have different things in, in our lives that bring either fear uh, or being afraid into them. Uh, one of those, for me, happens this time of the year. And the fear is that there won't be any leftover turkey. And not just any turkey, white breast meat, turkey. I mean, if you haven't experienced, there is nothing like a cold slab of turkey meat, just a little salt on it, eaten the next morning cold. Agree? Man, it's awesome. So, when we're getting together, we often get together with groups of our, us, our family, and you know, I always get nervous when I start counting heads around the table and trying to anticipate whether there's going to be any turkey left over. And so it gets passed around the first time, and we're doing all right. You know, and then it's getting close to them offering to pass it around, pass it around for seconds. I have to, you know, confess my conversation level goes down because I'm too intent on watching people. You know, that person didn't take any. Good. Uh, that person took dark meat. All right, he's Okay just hoping that there's enough turkey left over. And uh, usually there is, for which I'm very grateful. And, uh, you know, but nevertheless, uh, we all have different things that, that cause fear. Uh, some people might look at me and say, well, that's being kind of impractical, and maybe it is. Sometimes uh, what we fear comes from things that aren't necessarily logical, and, uh, but they're real. Nevertheless, people might look at you and go, you're crazy. For me, another one of those items, uh, this, is, this is confession morning this morning. Uh, for me, one of those items is fear of heights. And uh, I look, man, that, that just kind of freaks me. Heights freak me out. And unlike my wife, who loves to climb up and get on the rooftop and stand on one foot and do all these fun things, I'm the one that looks at a ladder and go, why did they spend so much money making more than two steps? <laughs> They're never going to get used. I mean, why? Because, well, you know, I could fall. But, uh, but we all have different things like that. But we also, also have times of fear and things that we're afraid of that are more real, if you will. Uh, it might be that the fear that for you is around financial things. And there's a concern that, man, if, 
if this happens, I might lose the ability to make the rent payment or to buy the groceries. You know, so often our fear is tied to losing something that we have. Or maybe it's a fear around illness or health. And uh, we're enjoying health, but we're fearful if something starts to happen that that's going to affect either our health or at least our ability to do things and what that might be. You know, sometimes we are fearful if we're going to have a conversation, a hard conversation with a friend or someone, and we're afraid that if I'm direct and honest and straightforward, I may lose that friendship. And that's scary. Or it might be that if I speak up, whether it's uh, on social media or in a group setting, maybe at work or with friends, whatever, and speak up about some of the things in the current affairs from a scriptural basis or perspective, I might lose them as friends. Or they may start saying nasty things about me. And so that's a fear. And the list could go on and on, thinking about the various things that we face and encounter in life and how that can often bring about the fear or being afraid. Well, in our passage today, we are going to take a look at the disciples and the fact that they too are afraid. And again, these are the people that have been walking with Jesus most closely up to this point. It was still early, so they didn't understand everything, but they had been and had an opportunity to spend all this time with Jesus. And it had been a wonderful time. If you take a look in the context before that, I mean, it had been a, a, a busy days of, of ministry. They would have seen him healing people and, you know, healing all these others that were around them. Uh, they would have seen him confronting the Pharisees and they probably were standing in the background going, go to it, Jesus, tell him like it is and cheered for him at least silently. They would have seen him providing in an abundant ways for people. He would have, they would have heard him talking to the crowds about these wonderful truths and the parables and the various things that they'd had. And they'd watch Jesus doing all this ministry for them and them being all these other people. And it's, so it was, it was a great time to be a disciple with Jesus. And so we find at the beginning of our passage for today that as evening came at the end of another long, busy day, Jesus tells the disciples, let us go over to the other side. And so leaving the crowd, they took him along, they got in the boat, and off they went. And so uh, it was a good time. And as we do that, uh, I want you to make note of a couple of things as we start. First thing, the disciples were doing what Jesus had told them to do. And that's important. Uh, they were not disobeying when we take a look at the things that are going to happen later on. They were doing exactly what Jesus had told them to do. Sometimes fear comes up in our lives because we're doing something that we know we shouldn't do. And, uh, you know, it might be that it, because we just know that or something in Scripture has been there. 
You know, it might be you're tooling down the highway and you're going 10 miles over the speed limit. And you're afraid that there's going to be a patrolman on the other side of the hill. Now, that's real fear, but it's because you know you shouldn't be doing what you're doing and you're afraid of getting caught. Or it might be, totally hypothetically, that you're going through all of the Halloween candy, pulling out the ones that you like, and you're afraid your wife is going to catch you. And hypothetically, that would be fearful also. But, in this case, they were doing what Jesus had told them to do. That's the first thing. The second thing I want us to make sure that we're clear about, they had Jesus with them in the boat. It says here that when they took off, Jesus, they, they got, Jesus was with them. So they were going through this together. The third thing to take a look at is the fact that this came upon them in a time when it was going really well. You know, there'd been all of this wonderful ministry going on that we just talked about. So life was good for them. And all of this comes into play because so it often happens that the storms in our life come unexpectedly. You can imagine these disciples as they're now rowing across the water. They were probably in a joyful and chatting back and forth and, you know, maybe singing some songs or, or doing whatever it was. But, you know, life was, was really good. And then all of a sudden, verse 37, this furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So in other words, there's this huge storm that all of a sudden seemed to come out of nowhere and their world, if you will, was turned upside down. And uh, as you looked, if you read the material in your reference book, but some of the others, this, this was not uncommon. Obviously, it didn't happen all the time. But because of the way the land was and the mountains and the, pa and the passes and the things around, there was this real potential that a wind could come up and it just funnel and instantly could go from being calm to being incredibly windy. And not only was it windy, it says that the waves were such that they were actually breaking over the top of the boat and filling the boat, swamping the boat. And so they were at risk, if you will, of having the boat capsize. Was the risk real? Absolutely. The waves were there. The wind was there. Did they know it was real? Absolutely. Why? Partly because some of those disciples were fishermen and they'd spent all their lives out on the water and they knew the consequences of what could happen. That was all real also. But here they are in the middle of the storm. Does that ever happen to you? Have you ever had that experience? Life is going along just so well and then all of a sudden something happens that just rocks your boat. For me, it was a year ago. A year ago this November. Uh, life was, was really good. I uh, had just returned from this wonderful, delightful vacation trip. And uh, along with just the two of us, we had also had spent uh, 10 days or so with Marsha's brother and his wife. We get along really well. We'd taken a trip that was on my bucket list 
to go out and see the ark exhibit in the Creation Museum in Kentucky. And so we'd seen some beautiful scenery along the way. Uh, we'd had this wonderful experience of seeing this replica of the ark and, and all of that. Great time visiting and laughing and sharing as we went back and forth. As we got home, you know, things were going well. Uh, BSF, had, Bible Study Fellowship, had started up. That was clicking along pretty well. But I found myself in a doctor's office a year ago in November. And as he finished his exam, he looks at me and goes, Dale, I've found a tumor in your bladder. And it's quite likely that it's cancerous. Wow. All of a sudden, my life went from being feeling so wonderful that it felt like the waves were crashing over into my boat. And you start to wonder and you start to think and, and quite frankly, you begin to fear. Maybe that's where some of you are right now or recently were or maybe this is what may come to you sometime in the future. But there are things that will happen. You know, we will be going along really well in our jobs, and then all of a sudden you hear that there's going to be a layoff, and your job is either going to be or potentially be eliminated. And you begin to, again, fear and you wonder. You know, maybe it was facing your own health situation and a diagnosis that seems so hard. You know, maybe you came home and, and found out that in ways that you really hadn't seen or been sensitive to, that your marriage is in trouble. Maybe there's been this large financial expense uh, in your life. Where, you know, there has been a car accident, a car wreck, so you had to replace the car, or there's been uh, a need to buy some major appliance, and you're just all of a sudden, any savings that you looked at look like they're, they're going to be gone. You may not even have enough of that. You know, maybe it was someone that you thought was a good friend that's really just kind of abandoned you. Or even worse, said nasty things about you on social media. Maybe it was a case that you came home and you found out that one of your kids is struggling with addiction. Alcohol, drugs, or some other item. And all of a sudden, the waves are swamping over your boat. A storm has come, and it's real. And so one of the things for the disciples is the storm came up in their boat. It was no longer just watching Jesus do things for the others that they healed them or listening to Jesus teach others as they had done, it was now real for them. And in fact, in stormy times, we will find that our faith is tested and it becomes personal. For the disciples, it was now about them. It wasn't the others. And for me, as I sat in the doctor's office, it was now about me and the diagnosis that was facing me. And 
I certainly had heard about many others who had gone through different health challenges and even faced similar things and you know, maybe I'd come alongside to encourage them. But now it was me. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to the things that Jesus says in the Bible? Are they going to apply to me? And so it is with you. There will storms that will come into our lives to make it personal and to test your faith. Is it real? Is it growing? Can you trust them? Well, when those happen, one of the things that we frequently do, probably it was the disciples, is we ask this question about, well, where's Jesus? Why is this happening to me? Why isn't he doing something? Where's Jesus? And so we find the disciples, it says, the wind is there and it's swamping and all of these things. In verse 38, it said they, they go find. And where's Jesus? He's in the back of the boat sleeping in the middle of a storm. How can he do that? He's sleeping on, the, on this uh, cushion, and it says. And they wake him up and they shake him. Because they're at this point, if you catch, they're asking him, not only how could you sleep, which would have been the first question. It doesn't say that they even asked him that. They woke him up. Their big question is, don't you care? Don't you care that we drown, that we're going through this? And sometimes when those storms come rolling into our lives, that's one of the questions that we will turn and ask Jesus. Don't you care? I mean, after all, I'm your son or I'm your daughter. How come you're letting this happen to me? How come this is coming into my life? Jesus, don't you, don't you care? Can't you see I'm drowning here? Can't you see I'm in a crisis? Can't you see I'm facing this tremendous challenge? Jesus, where are you? Well, that's because when we go through storms in our life, what they often do will cause us to put our focus on ourselves more than anyone or anything else. It becomes a focus on us. And we also then begin to wonder, why isn't Jesus doing something to help us or help me? Because I'm putting my expectations now on him. He ought to be doing this for me. And for the disciples, they were even beginning with the basic question about Jesus, do you care? Because they probably didn't even know at this point that he would and could calm the sea and quiet the wind. Oh, they were upset about it, the fact that Jesus didn't seem to care. Well, over the next few weeks, I don't know, it was three, four weeks or whatever, while I prepared for the operation procedure to deal with the humor, or the tumor, I wish it was humor, uh, the tumor, one of the things, you know, that I found was I was, I was riding waves of emotions during that time as well. You know, there was times that I would find my, my mind just racing about different possibilities about what could happen. You know, there were times 
on the, on the upside where I'd wake up at night and open up the Bible and just relish being reminded of the verses and the promises in there that I could claim as I went through this. You know, there were also times then again, even up after that, that the anxiety would rise again. You know, and one of those specific things, times happened for me is actually the day of my operation procedure. And, uh, you know, they prepped me, whatever, and they rolled me into the operating room and got me on the operating table, and they were beginning the process of putting me to sleep. And I remember looking up, and the last person that I saw before I went to sleep was a young man. He looked over at me, and his name tag said, UND medical student. <laughs> That's not the way to go to sleep in an operating room. And I just hoping, I hope he didn't cut class the day that they talked about whatever was going to happen to me. But the emotions do rise and they fall and they struggle as you go through that. But as they did that, even for the disciples, as likely the fear was now taking over, they were becoming afraid, they were looking at the waves, they were looking at the wind. They'd forgotten something. They were secure because Jesus was with them. And if Jesus was with them, the boat wasn't going to go down. They were secure because Jesus was with them. Also, Jesus had said they were going to go to the other shore. So in spite of the fact that the wind was doing all this and the waves were doing all this, Jesus had said that they were going to go to the other shore. And what a difference it had made for them if they just hung on to those two things. We're okay because Jesus is with us. And that was one of the things that I needed to be reminded of periodically as I went through my experience. But for the disciples, it says they, they woke up Jesus. Jesus, it says in verse 39, he got up, he rebuked the wind, calm, said to the waves, quiet, be still. And it was completely calm. And the wind had died down. And it says, for the disciples, it said, they were amazed, terrified in a good way, but they said to each other in verse 41, even the winds and the waves obey him. For they learned in that moment that Jesus, the great healer, healer the great teacher, was also he was sovereignly in power over all creation. And they had a chance to experience that. You know, one of the things that happens is that when we go through these challenges, it's an opportunity to learn about Jesus. Perhaps and it's in a new way. It's in a new, fresh way. And so when we wonder... Does Jesus care? He does. When we even asked 
the question that often comes up, if Jesus could do this, then why didn't he prevent the wind and the waves and the storm to begin with? You know, if I'm going through this, if Jesus can heal me, then why isn't that he stopped me from getting sick in the first place? If Jesus can make sure that I'm handled financially, why isn't that he stopped me being fired or let go from my last job? You know, if Jesus can handle and change relationships, then why didn't he stop this friend or former friend before they said and did some of the things that they did? If Jesus can heal that addiction, then why didn't he stop my daughter or my son from becoming addicted in the first place? Because the storms aren't pleasant. The storms aren't easy. The storms even can be scary and fearful. But why? Because the storms are when we learn about Jesus. When our faith becomes personal, not just hypothetical. And maybe it's a time that something becomes personal to us as a promise. Sometimes it's a time that Jesus teaches us something new about comfort and trust and whatever it is. But we experience and we learn those things because Jesus takes us through the storm. And for the disciples, it says in verse 40 that once the wind had calmed down, he turned to the disciples and said, why were you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Because Jesus had allowed that to reveal to them some things that were in their own heart and for them to learn that Jesus is sovereign over anything that they might be called to face in the future. That Jesus wanted them to learn that no matter when the storm came, that they were still going to be okay because Jesus was with them. And those are often some of the same things that we should learn as well and that Jesus does that. And so instead of asking the question so often about why, Jesus, are you allowing this? But it might be more productive for us to ask the question, Jesus, if you're doing this and you're allowing this for a reason, then what is it that you want me to learn about you? What do you want me to experience from you in a way that's going to deepen my faith, that's going to grow my understanding to not only get through this storm, but to help me down the road when the next one comes and the next one comes and the next one comes. I came through that operation uh, successfully. They seem to have removed the tumor and after a year, uh, there's no evidence that it's growing back. You know, will it happen in the future? Don't know, that's in God's hands. But I learned to trust. No matter what, could have been the outcome. I learned to leave that in his hands. So, it's good for us to remember 
that Jesus promises to be with us and to see us through whatever it is that he's taken us through. Whatever storm may come our way, Jesus is going to be there because it's about him. And when we're afraid, when we're fearful, what Jesus wants us to do is to turn and look to him and to trust him to see us through, regardless of what that means whether it's a curing of the storm like he did here or whether it's the fact that they would have had to endure the whole storm, but nevertheless that they would still get safely through because Jesus is with him. So what kind of storm is it that you're facing in your life that perhaps uh, it's something minor, perhaps it's something major and it feels like those waves are crashing against you, and if you're not facing it today, something's going to happen here in the near future that will be that storm. And what is it that you can say that I'm going to look to learn more about Jesus? To look more about what it means to walk with him and to trust him. Powerful things for us to learn. But as we come toward the end, I want to take you back to verse 36. It says in verse 36 that as they were getting in the boat, at the end, there were also other boats with him. So when we realize that as the disciples were going through this storm and experiencing all of this scary wind and the waves and everything, there were other boats around them going through that same storm. And so they would have been experiencing some of the same things. They would have experienced the waves. They would have experienced the wind. They would have experienced all of these things. And just like it is for us in our lives, when there are storms in our lives that come upon us, whether it's health issues, whether it's uh, job issues, whether it's relationship issues, whether it's whatever it is that comes our way, it's good for us to remember that surrounding us are people who are going through the same or similar things, facing the same challenges, feeling the same fears and being afraid. But the difference is they don't have Jesus in their boat. And so they're trying to do this on their own. I wonder when the storm is over and they all got to the other shore, uh, how much fun it must have been for the disciples when they got together and talking to perhaps some of the people from the other go, man, can you believe that storm that we were just through? And, and man, you know, we thought we were done for. And man, we don't know what it was, but then all of a sudden things calmed down and man, we're still shaking and we look over at you and, and they're looking at those disciples. And, I don't know what it is, but you're so calm. How can you be so calm? And the fun that they would have had talking about Jesus and how he calmed the storm. Well, the people in our lives that surround us are going through those same storms. They need to hear about Jesus. And so as you go through those same storms with them, 
or you look back on the storms that you've been through and all that you've learned about Jesus. It's our opportunity to tell them about Jesus and how he can help them weather the storm. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this passage. We thank you for the things that we learn. Uh, we thank you, Jesus, for always promising to be with us no matter what you lead us through or allow us to go through and help us to learn from those things more about you and your faithfulness and who you are and how much you do care for us. And then, Jesus, we pray that you would give us opportunities to tell others who are going through similar things about you. Help us even to overcome the fear of doing that, but to do it in a way that causes them to also look to you for the comfort and the care that only you can provide. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.